Welcome to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network, a show that streams health, happiness, and hope to the kidney community. You can download all Kidney Talk shows from iTunes and find a variety of resources to help you navigate this illness at rsnhope.org. Please welcome your host, Lori Hartwell, who has lived with kidney disease since the age of two. Welcome to Kidney Talk, everyone. Today, I am really excited with the guests we have. I always love stories like this because it gives me just so much hope for the future that more people are going to become aware about kidney disease and what they can do to, you know, take charge of their health. Today, we have Anissa Dang with us. She is a high school student from Orange County, California, and she has written a book called Kidneys for Kids. So we're really excited to have Anissa here today. Welcome to the show. Hi, Lori. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So you wrote this book, Kidneys for Kids, and it's it's really a delightful, wonderful little book. I've been flipping through it and so much wonderful information. Tell us why you wrote it. Yeah, so I have a younger brother. His name is Coven, and he was diagnosed with minimal change nephrotic syndrome when he was around four years old. I think I was around nine or ten at the time. I didn't really understand what it meant. And at the time, it didn't exactly take over our family's lives. I remember that he was on steroids for a while. And I can remember that when he'd wake up in the morning, sometimes his face would be all swollen, like a moon-shaped face. Um, But all of the medicines that he took didn't cause remission. And so his nephrotic syndrome didn't go away. And he continued to spill protein into his urine. Other than that, he didn't really have many symptoms, and I still to this day don't exactly know what medications he was on. I know they had him on immunosuppressants and steroids, and he was resistant to all of it, but our family was constantly trying new things to help him understand what was going on and to help his condition. We tried a bunch of different diets. We were gluten-free, dairy-free, vegan. Um, we had anti-inflammatory diets, and we were always looking for new treatment options. When I was 9 or 10, I didn't really understand what was going on, but as I grew older, and especially as I entered high school, I started realizing that my brother didn't understand what was going on with his body as much as I didn't understand what was going on. And I came to the realization that it wasn't fair that he was getting blood tests done every month and we were trying different medications with all these side effects and new diets. And he didn't know why we were doing this and neither did I. So what was one of the most interesting things you learned about the kidneys? Because this was obviously your journey and educating yourself um, to help educate your brother. Um, So one of the most interesting things I did was actually an activity I found through the National Kidney Foundation where you take a sieve and you filter water with different like glitter or googly eyes or different things into it. And you can see that some of like the glitter would go through the sieve into the water after you pour water through it. And it kind of demonstrated to me like how protein can leak through the urine And I did this activity with my brother after um, all of these doctor's appointments with hearing these big medical buzzwords. And I could see how it finally clicked with him and it clicked with me and we could understand more what was going on. You understood the principle of diffusion. That's very exciting. It's, It's one of, you know, it's basically what dialysis is. And your kidneys, you know, filter everything. So 
it's pretty amazing. Did you become more aware of your kidneys when, after you learned this, like, just did it change your perspective? Definitely. I think I was a lot more wary of the kinds of food that I was eating, especially after learning about, like, more about potassium and phosphorus and calcium intake and a lot about, like, I would look down and check the color of my pee and see, like, what was going on there. (laughs) Well, you know, it's so wonderful because when your kidneys are functioning, it filters everything out. But when they're not, you know, potassium and phosphorus become an issue and sodium can raise your blood pressure and uh, it's it can be quite awful to your kidneys. Well, I have to say you gave a very comprehensive little booklet. I was looking through this and you go from all different stages. And one of the things I I really love is that you talk about the whole thing about the the care team before you see your nephrologist and and you know what the kidneys do and it's just it's really well done. And I understand your parents helped a little bit with, I love how at the end you said, um, I also want to thank my mama and dad for your endless love and support. This book would not exist without you proofreading all 759 iterations of it. And I have to tell you, you really nailed this book. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It took a long time, but I sort of started with outlining what I would want to learn more about and what I want my brother to learn more about. And as we started collecting more and more information, it turned into a booklet. I was imagining something like a PDF with cute little games and facts that my brother could scroll through. And I was really shocked by how far I could take it. Well, it is. And I also like that you talk about your emotional well-being because, you know, what are some suggestions that you have done and your brother to help cover this topic? Yeah. So after going with my brother to some of his appointments and seeing that like most of the time they would ask him questions like, how's school doing? Do you feel any swelling? Like, how are you exercising? They wouldn't really ask questions like, how are you feeling? Are you happy? Are you worried? How is this affecting like how you're feeling at school? And so I find it really helpful to write all of my thoughts out. I keep myself a little diary. And so towards the end of my book, I started adding in journaling pages to talk about what you're grateful for. It doesn't have to be in the long run, maybe just something you're grateful for in the moment or something you're thankful for that happened today. Because I feel like if you can have all of your feelings in line, you can take on something so life-altering as kidney disease when you can keep yourself in check and keep your emotional intelligence intact. So can I ask, how old are you? I'm 17. Now, have you actually checked your body? Because you might be in a 40-year-old or 50-year-old body. <laughs> I, I don't know, but you sound wise be- beyond your years. That's that's all I have to say. <laughs> um, it's amazing how how mature you are and how you have so much, you know, knowledge on <laughs> on how things impact. Um, I hope you're running for something or going to school to be something super, super important. Uh-huh. What do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> um, I was thinking about maybe being a doctor. I'm not really sure. I'm exploring different fields in healthcare, maybe healthcare management, maybe a physician. But having a sibling with something so big as kidney disease really affects you and makes you grow up a little and mature. And so I think having my brother's 
and having all this stuff around me, like going to doctor's appointments, has given me a view into what life would be like as a physician or as someone in the healthcare industry. Well, and, you know, where is your brother at now with his kidney disease? He was inactively listed for a transplant about a year ago, and I think we're moving closer to transplant in the next few months. And is he on dialysis? He's not on dialysis. He's not a, so it's hopefully a preemptive transplant, which is... Yes, we're hoping yeah. also dialysis. Yeah, that's crazy. So have you learned um, how he's feeling about all this, and what do you do to help support him? So he's only 12 years old. And it's pretty hard to get information out of him. Um, as a high, college, high school student that's leaving for college soon, I know that I want to spend as much time with him before I leave as possible. And to be honest, he could care less. I'll pick him up from school and try to get information out of him. And he'd rather turn up the music higher. Um, in our family, we don't really, we haven't really talked about super sensitive subjects just because that his diagnosis is really sensitive. Um, and so whenever we ask him things like, oh, like, how are you feeling today? He'll say, I'm fine. And he's really resilient. But there'll be some vulnerable moments where he'll say, like, oh, I'm actually really tired today. Or I don't think that I want to go to school today because I can't play basketball with all the other boys. Um, and it's it's nice to hear when he is vulnerable and how to help him through those moments and write it out and see what we can do to help. Well, and, you know, I can certainly relate to him because, um, you know, I had kidney failure at two and I was on dialysis from age 12 to 24 and having a transplant that didn't work at 13 and a transplant that didn't work at 17. And now I'm, you know, I'm 56. So there's a, you could live a long life with this illness. And, you know, it's been interesting because when I've gone through my third transplant at 24 and my fourth transplant in my mid-40s, you know, it was interesting to me because it was much harder for me to do that than when I was mm -hmm. a kid. I realized I just kind of, I, you know, grew up in the boiling pot. You know what I mean? Like the pot just kept boiling and I just learned to adapt. So I didn't have mm -hmm. anything else to compare it to. And once I got, you know, transplanted and I felt really good. And then when I had to lose that kidney, you know, when to get my fourth one, it was just, I was just more aware of my feelings and emotions compared to when I was younger. I I didn't know what I didn't have because I had grown up with it my whole life. And it was it was interesting to understand what I was feeling because I didn't know what to compare it to. So, um, but you got a teenage boy on that as well. So it's, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got to find a video game, right, to communicate with. <laughs> I know. I wish Fortnite could talk about kidneys. <laughs> well, and so is he your only sibling? I have a younger sister as well. She's a sophomore in high school. And, you know, one of the things that's a big issue among siblings with have a brother or sister who has an illness is sometimes the person with the illness gets all the attention. And I mm -hmm. had in my situation growing up, I had some stepsisters and brothers that often got a little jealous of me because they thought I was getting more <laughs> attention. And it wasn't attention I wanted. I didn't want that kind of attention. But nevertheless, attention <laughs> is attention. Um, does that ever come yeah. up in your household? I mean, there are definitely moments where like my sister and I will have things going on, but our parents can't make it because of things that are going on with Coven's 
prognosis. It's happened a lot more in the past year when things have escalated and we'll have performances or we want to go somewhere and we can't really go because things are happening at home, but that's okay. And I, we, we're at the point where we're older and we understand that Coven's diagnosis takes priority. It's well, and you know, you guys are so mature because it's, you know, people don't always understand that and they just get resentful. And it's wonderful that you can talk about it because, you know, they're like, oh, my God, my brother gets all the attention. I'm like, yeah, but we're getting needles stuck in us. OK, it's not yeah. attention we want um, for sure. I want to switch over to the book a little bit because I've I've went through it. It's really a book for everybody. It's not just for kids. Um, and mm-hmm. I and I've been an editor for almost, you know, 25 years and it's packed full of beautiful graphics. And tell us about the process of how did you get this book put together? And I know you had some people who helped you that you recognize at the end of the book. Yeah. So I initially started compiling all of my information after Coven's first transplant conference. Um, I had talked with his transplant coordinator and she had given us this big pile of papers. And the papers were kind of old educational material. They were like photocopies from a book that were in black and white. And sometimes if you were lucky, it was a color photocopy with these like old outdated pictures, maybe from the 80s. And we'd get a new stack of these every time we go to a different conference or doctor's appointment. And they were kind of just piling up in our house. (laughs) And I want to do something with them, make them like compiled in a way that we could go through them and we could pull out different information and understand what was going on. And so I just started making a list of everything I wanted to include. And from there, I would make little like presentations and slides and doodles. And my brother really likes playing puzzles. Whenever we're at a doctor's appointment, we'll sit there and play tic-tac-toe or we'll make little mazes together or do unscramble the words. And so I wanted to incorporate activities like that into my book so that when you're sitting at a doctor's appointment, you can take this book and you can read the information and comprehend it, but you're also doing something to comprehend the information. You're coloring in a picture of the kidneys or you're helping a kidney stone exit a maze um, and you're really connecting with the information that you're seeing so that you remember it, but you're also doing something fun while you're there and not staring at an iPad or a phone while a doctor talks to your parents. Well, and there's a Confucius saying, saying, show me, I may remember, tell me, I may forget, but involve me and I'll understand. And it's so important. You just nailed all three of those. And it's, it's so true. Like somebody will tell me how to like, oh yeah, just go do this ABCD on your phone and you'll, it'll do. And I'm like, what, where, what? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, (laughs) But if somebody actually shows me and then lets me do it, I might actually remember. Definitely. And so uh, another thing is you had some healthcare professionals review it. And I think I would like to just mention them because, I mean, I, I have to tell you, this is a, a book that every high school student should have and understand it. Um, and every, everybody should have this book. So uh, I think it's, it's a really great resource. But you had um, 
Gwen Green-Brown help you, and you had Dr. Rachel Lest, who's the medical director of pediatric kidney transplant um, of Children's Hospital Los Angeles, review this, which I'm sure they gave you an A+. (laughs) She did. She really loved it. I was really appreciative of all the help she gave me with her little edit. Well, and it's, and then, um, did you do the graphics or did you have some? I did some of them and some of them were pictures that I purchased or found online. Well, you know what? You might want to go in the publishing business um, because (laughs) uh, you're really good at at, at, um, visualization and words. You know, the other thing is, is that you have a a website where you can go to um, learn about this book. And will you tell us a little bit about, it's called kidneysforkids.info, right? And what, it is. how are you getting books out to people? So that's actually the big issue that I'm facing right now. And this is where being a 17-year-old really sucks um, because I'm having such a hard time with getting these books into medical centers. Every physician that I've shown my book to really loves it. But once you submit it to a hospital administration, you have this longest process to go through with getting it approved by each checkpoint. Um, And so I've reached out to some drug companies to try and get them sponsored so I can have the book available for free. Right now it costs $6, including shipping, and I'm happy to mail it to anybody that wants it. And my goal isn't to make any money off of this book. I want to donate the money um, wherever I can. But I want the book to be available for free. I don't know if you know this, but I'm a prom queen. Did you know that? Oh, you are? I am a prom queen. Um, And the reason I say that is because, you know, I was on dialysis from age 12 to 24. Yeah. And I didn't, I, you know, I went to school, but I didn't really go because it was when dialysis is much better now. But back mm-hmm. in the 70s and 80s, it was a little harder if you remember the research. And so um, when I turned in my 20s, I thought, you know what, I want to throw a prom every year for all the kids who have kidney disease. And I'm getting ready to host my 24th prom in January in Los Angeles here in Glendale. You can come up if you like. And your brother, bring your brother. You could bring your your brother as your date. You could both be, you know, and your sister (laughs) can come too. But um, I figured after I threw the 20th prom, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. But I decided I could give myself the label of prom queen because um, I've done. Tw- <laughs> Don't, do you think? I think that's a very accurate label. OK. OK. Thank you. Because, you know, it was hard growing <laughs> up. And, yeah. and I don't know if your brother deals with this, but, you know, I had the brain of a 40 year old and the body of a 10 year old. And yeah. I didn't always connect with my peers. And I was dealing with serious health issues, and they were dealing with trying to get a date, and I just didn't relate all the time. And so the goal is I don't want anybody with kidney disease to feel alone. And I know that having a big sister like you for your brother, having that support is so important. You are saving his life with that support. I hope you know that. Thank you so much. That is so kind of you to say. Well, it is because, you know, when we have an illness, we often feel like we're damaged. And and when we get a little older and you're a teenager, but, you know, we get more committee members in our head that like to talk to us. I don't know if you do, but we all have this little committee, right? 
And yeah, and we need to make sure that we keep that committee in check. And I love that you brought that up because it's really um, so challenging, you know, to deal with that because you want to be quote normal, whatever that is, and yeah. and you know, adversity introduces you to yourself. So I, I, you know, I didn't make sense at the time because some people I had to be on dialysis or in access and some people just, you know, didn't want to be around me for whatever reason or I wasn't tall enough. I don't know, but I did feel rejected mm-hmm. at times. And uh, I think that's part of being a teenager. But when you have an illness, it feels a little personal at times or I would just miss activities, you know, and I didn't get to know the other kids the way other people did. So I felt a little out of sorts. I have one more other question is what, what do you think completing this book? What did, what was something you felt? I felt really proud when I completed the book, but the best feeling I had was when I gave it to Coven for the first time and I saw him looking through it. And I saw him trying to complete the little mazes and activities. And I could see that like things were clicking in his brain and he started to understand certain things that he had missed or words that he had heard in the background were kind of coming back and he could understand them. And that feeling really made me really happy. And it made me felt like I did something to help him. And at times I see that like, He's struggling a bit, and I want to do more, and this was the best way that I could at the time, and I still want to do even more. Well, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of voting that you become a nephrologist. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, oh. But... <laughs> Um, or a vet, because I have a bunch of dogs. We need more vets. But I do <laughs> believe that you would be an excellent physician. And because, you know, as we all know, there are some physicians that are better communicating than others. And so mm-hmm. um, this book really will, you know, maybe you can be in charge of f- physician communication with patients so that they understand. <laughs> that sounds like my ideal job. <laughs> Well, hey, you know what? I'm a big believer. You figure out what you want to do and then figure figure out what you would volunteer to do and then figure out how to get paid for it. That's my that's my advice to anybody pursuing a career. Well, I want to wrap up because um everybody um Go to kidneysforkids.info. You can learn more about how to get a book. You can sponsor books for your whole facility, or maybe that's a great little, you know, holiday gift or something like that that can help a youth with kidney disease be able to navigate this illness. And I want to close with this quote that you did for your brother, Kaven. And what it, it actually made me tear up when I read it. And it says... Uh, For Kevin, I admire the way you handle the cards dealt to you with optimism and courage. I cannot wait to see how you change kidney care for kids in the future. I know you will do big things. And you know why that made me tear up? (laughs) That makes my mom tear up, too. (laughs) Well, and the reason being is that, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't, a lot of people didn't think I had a future. And they didn't have expectations of me. And and that still happens today to a lot of kids. You know, they're like, just focus on your illness. Foc- we need a reason to, to get up and do all the crap we have to do with this illness. 
And when people believe in us and think we have a future and we're going to, you know, pursue our dreams and, you know, go out on dates and get married, all the things everybody else wants to do, right? Sometimes Mm -hmm. that is overlooked. And it's just like, Kevin, take care of yourself. Take care of your health. Well, we need to have a reason why. <laughs> we, 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 ha- we have to have a really reason why we're doing it. Because at times, yeah. you know, it can be very hard. And when we have people rooting for us and love around us and support, it makes us fight. And that's what we have to do at certain times in our lives is fight. So, um, yeah. That's why it made me tear up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm so grateful that you've taken everything that's happened to you and turned it into this amazing organization that's helped so many other people. I know it's really made a big impact on my family's lives and my life. Well, you'll have to come and celebrate at the prom. We're going to do a hybrid event, and it's going to be at the Giggles Nightclub in Glendale. So we have a fun evening plan, and we'll, we'll send you and your brother an invite. I'll definitely be there. That sounds amazing. Thanks for listening to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network. Please make sure to find us on Facebook or sign up for our newsletter at rsnhope.org. Kidney Talk is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment from your physician. Always seek the advice of your own health care provider regarding your medical condition.